This morning, our passage is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and it's the whole chapter. In this Bible, it's called Paul Surrenders His Rights. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defence to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles, or the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard? without eating any of its fruits? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake, because the ploughman should plough in hope, and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do we not? Do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I will have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, 
in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable. So, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Our text verses are from verses 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Topic is the race of life and true faith. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, today is the last Sunday of January already. Most schools have started. Some will start tomorrow. That's why all the parents are smiling. All indications are that 2023 will be a busy year with many challenges. It will be a race. And are you ready for that race? To be ready for a race, we need to prepare. Because our adversaries or sworn enemies are ready for that race to attack us. Who are these enemies? According to the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day, 52, they are the devil, the world in our own flesh. And they never stop attacking us in this race of life. They are ready to attack our values, our purpose, and everything that we hold dear. And so the Apostle Paul describes this life and our challenges as a race. And through the word of God, gives guidelines on how we should act and be ready for the challenges that this year will bring as a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Michael, it could be in a challenge to being ordained as an elder. How should I manage my time? What sacrifices should I make? What sacrifices should every believer make in this time? For the Apostle Paul, the kingdom of God, and to bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the people, was always the first priority in the race of life. The most important of his mission. In his opening words in 1 Corinthians 9, he asks, with certain facts, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? And every word is so important because it states the focus of our life. Whom did Paul see? And the answer is clear, our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul did not only see Jesus when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, but the Lord also appeared to him in his work and mission. And the Lord called him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And he gave the evidence. He said the evidence is clear. Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? The congregation is the fruit of his labor. The work of God among the Corinthians Christian was evidence of Paul's apostolic credentials. They were the seal of, a, of Paul's apostleship in the Lord. The work of God among the Corinthians Christian was evidence that Paul was an apostle. The same, that it's evidence that I'm a pastor and you are the congregation. Our elders are installed to look after God's flock. The fact that the Lord sustains His congregation. That the Lord gave growth. That the Lord bent people's heart to faith. The fact that we were chosen by the Lord Himself. This is our calling. And our calling is the most important evidence of the Lord's grace. But also the seal of the Lord's love. You and the fact that we are here this morning on the 29th of January 2023 to worship the Lord. To adhere to His word. It's not an evidence of our faithfulness but evidence of the Lord's faithfulness to us. And our calling as believers is to serve our Lord Jesus Christ in the first place. That's the priority. It starts with the first day of the week. Christ in the first place. Calling is an act of God who leads us to faith in Jesus, sanctifies us through His Spirit, so that we can grow in our life as believers. Be equipped in everything. And He calls us so that we can live holy. 
but it will ask for sacrifices. And it will become harder, more difficult. It will ask time. It will ask dedication to serve as a believer, to serve as an elder. It will ask that we dedicate ourselves to the Lord in prayer, immerse ourselves in His words. But it will also mean that we will be attacked by enemies. People who will question our faith. Attack us. And that we will have to defend our values. The Apostle Paul himself was attacked. He was regarded not as an apostle. They did not pay him a stipend, it appears. So that he had to defend his authority as an apostle of Jesus. Was he less of an apostle than the others? He, Paul, had to make many sacrifices, but for the sake of the gospel, he had forsaken all the benefits. Also, his right to be supported as a minister of the word of God. And as an apostle, he had a right to be supported. In war, soldiers are supported, he says. The farmer is fed by the field he works in. The shepherd is supported by the sheep he cares for. But Paul did not make of use of any of these rights, verse 11. But we enjoy anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. That's the focus. And in our passage we see Paul's heart. We see his love. We see his dedication. Paid or not paid, it did not matter to him. What mattered was the work of the gospel. Was it more effective for the gospel if Paul should receive support? Paul said, yeah, then he would receive it. Was it more effective for the gospel if Paul should work to support himself as a tent maker? Then he would work. What mattered was that the gospel was not hindered in every way, in any way. And so Paul was entitled to a stipend as any pastor. But explained in verse 15 of our Bible reading, But I have made no use of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. That's not the aim of his letter. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. His reward was in verse 18, that in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Why had Paul to defend his apostolic authority? Paul wanted to make sure that believers know what the most important in our life is. And it's so important that we know this. As elders, deacons, believers, this is not eating or drinking. 1 Corinthians 8. No, Jesus made us free in all these things so that we can serve one another. 
Then Paul tells us the most important is the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our calling as the Lord's servants. And although we sometimes need to make sacrifices, our time, our talents, we always need to keep the goal at sight. Why do we serve as a pastor, an elder, a deacon, or any ministry? Why do I offer my talents, my time? Why is the op shop open? Kids ministry. Sound desk. Worship singers. Sometimes difficult. I need to sacrifice so many things. Sometimes it's frustrating and challenging. Why do we continue our work here as the Christian Reformed Church of Blacksand? And the answer is clear. For the sake of the gospel. The glory of the Lord. And because we see and serve our Lord Jesus Christ in faith. Know that the Lord called us to continue His work. Therefore, we teach our children. Therefore, we call people to repentance and faith. Therefore, we endure struggles. And we do it willingly. Without complaining, without boasting as a servant so that we might win more of them. That's verse 19 of our Bible reading. To make it practical. Paul used the example of an athlete. How we should continue the Lord's work this year as a believer. <coughs> as a believer. The athletes in Paul's time or in Roman's time would compete in foot races, wrestling, boxing, throwing the discus, javelin, poetry, reading and singing. You did not know that singing and reading were considered athletic or Olympic events, did you? But Paul used that as an opportunity to serve the Lord. And since there was no permanent accommodation at the site, people stay in tents in the surrounding fields, and fixing or selling tents was Paul's trade. And he used that as an opportunity. To share the gospel. This is how the Lord is using us. And all our work. With our talents. To be complete the building of God. There were many rules in such a competition. Therefore the Apostle Paul asked the congregation a question. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run. But only one receives the prize. And the prize for the victor was an olive wreath or a crown. But in your passage, Paul talks about a crown that will last forever. And his whole audience immediately understood his language. Unlike the modern Olympic Games where gold, silver and bronze are awarded to the first three places, 
In the ancient game, only the winner received the crown. There was no second place. Only the winner received the crown. Therefore, Paul gave the congregation a command. Run that you may obtain it. The church at Corinth struggled with the same things as we do in the race of life. Or to live holy as Christians in a secular world. They were attacked in their faith. They struggled in their marriages. They had many questions as Christians regarding their life and holiness in the Lord. And they had to prioritize certain things. What's the most important? Is it their work? Yeah, the church is important. But if I don't work, I don't eat. Their marriages, their food, their culture. Same questions. And so Paul used the example of an athlete to call them to repentance. To let them see what's the most important. To let them see what a goal is. That's the crown that will last forever. The Paul want, wanted to see them as in a mirror so that they can focus again on what the most important is that they can prioritize. To be a runner in faith asks that we not only sacrifice the things that are harmful to our relationship with the Lord, but it also asks that we are dedicated in our preparation to serve the Lord. The two word pictures that Paul used are that of a runner who runs on the finish line. And a boxer doesn't shy away from his opponent, but rather engages him to the finish. The Olympics, boxing was one of the most competitive events. And so the boxer wrapped his knuckles with leather straps. They sometimes boxed for four hours until the competition was knocked out. It was a serious competition, very much like the Christian life. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The same as a boxer. There will be shots and heavy blows sometimes. But an athlete of life, trained every day, they watch their diet carefully. Athlete cannot afford to have extra weight. And when you read this in Hebrews 12, they are called to worship that a weight should be thrown off like a garment of our shoulders. And that's the sin that in this despondency. Before the athlete starts the race, he only wears the lightest clothing. And that race, the athletes ran naked. But despondency, depression, are extra baggage that athletes in the race of life cannot afford to carry. Therefore, Paul's advice, and he gives this in Hebrews 12, throw the burden that hinders sin and pride. Are the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. They are the things to make it difficult in this for the athlete to complete the race takes our focus away. 
They are liabilities that prevent the athlete to concentrate so that he cannot get a goal in sight because his eyes are so focused on himself and his problem. For 10 months, the athlete's trained and with. The boxer, he needed to eat secure, not like a man beating in the air. Verse 26. When I wrote this, I remembered Rocky. Now it's an old movie. One of my favorites. Eye of the Tiger. Can you remember that music? Rocky doing sit-ups, push-ups, hitting the punching bag, racing to the top of the steps of the library. Training is hard work. It takes sweat, it takes effort, it takes determination. But they did that because of the price, the wreath, the olive crown. Their eyes were focused on the line. And so need our eyes be focused on our Lord Jesus Christ. This race of life for 2024. Let's keep our eyes focused on him. We should be able to see his smile when we finish the race. And he's waiting for us with outstretched arms. Hebrews 12, everything started with him. He's the Alpha. Everything will end with him. He's the Omega. And he finished that race on the cross. And he's the perfect example. And when we compete in the race of life, we should consider our Lord Jesus Christ as the perfect example of how this year, this race should be competed. And all the challenges that will face us, Because there will be many challenges. You will be attacked in your marriage. You will be attacked in your work. You will be attacked in your faith, your culture, and everything that you hold dear. But Jesus went to the cross. So that there can be reconciliation for our sins. He left us a servant. He was beaten, he was mocked, he was afflicted with the thorn crown on his head, and he carried his cross on his shoulders, was led to Golgotha to be crucified. But he completed the race, and in him we can compete. And he's waiting, and he is encouraging us for his spirit. He strengthens our faith, he's keeping his church. Promise that the gates of hell will never overcome his church. He directs us, calling us to repent if we take a wrong turn. Tells us what priority is. And he's ready to give a crown that will last forever. An imperishable crown. Verse 25. So the Olympic athlete received a crown and olive wreath. For all their dedication they received a crown that did not last. Believers in Jesus Christ will receive an imperishable crown. What should our focus be? Our Lord Jesus Christ himself was teaching in Matthew 6 verse 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven when neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Priority number one, Jesus is the most important, the gospel. And when Jesus is our treasure, our goal, we will commit our resources, our money, our time, our talents to his kingdom and his work. That's the most important. Therefore, the motivation for what we do and what we do is so important. Paul encouraged us that God has an eternal reward for those who serve Jesus Christ. Colossians 3 verse 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do this, we store up treasure in heaven. The Lord assures us when he comes again we will receive the crown that will last forever. This crown talks about kingship and we will be kings and queens in the Lord's kingdom for all eternity. We will receive the crown that lasts forever, rule with Christ forever. That's the goal. So the question, how do you stand in your preparation and dedication to the Lord in the race of life? Where are you at this moment? Is the Lord in your service to him still the most important? God is calling us to be dedicated to his service. Very personal. Directed at me and you. Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 13, But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. But also we need to be honest. If we know ourselves, we know that we cannot do this in our own strength. We can only do this in the Lord. The Lord who gives strength. And therefore we need to go to the Lord constantly. In prayer, asking for His grace. Asking for strength, asking for patience, asking for everything we need in this race of life. Because of that, we need to be more dedicated, more obedient, more serving, more giving, more forgiving, and our eyes only directed on Jesus. He's the goal. And then one day, on our deathbed, we could say, like Paul in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. To God all the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you refocused our life and what we should do, what our priority is. That's the gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the most important. This is the reason why we exist as a church. That we should bring the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he died for our sins. And he called people to repent and believe in him. 
Father, we pray that we will run the run of the race of faith this year with endurance. That our eyes will be focused on our Lord Jesus Christ alone. That we will not be shaken by attacks of this world. Because our eyes are focused on Jesus. And when we suffer, we know that he suffered as well. Lord, we pray that you will give us strength. That you will encourage our congregation. But also that we will keep strong in your words. And that we will pray constantly. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.